With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Yo, 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 welcome to ESSR SummerSlam Review 2019. How's it going, everyone? I, it's me, it's me, it's David C, and we are ready to review the biggest party of the summer. Everyone is back, everyone is raring to go, and everyone's happy. It's just to let you know, guys, any of our past shows, you can find them on iTunes, you can find them on Spotify, and all other good podcasts and sites, including the Chris Jericho show, uh, where Scott McLean signed it on Death Warrant with what he said about Strat. You need to go deep into that show to find it. I know I did. Anyway, guys, I'm going to cut right to the chase. I want to introduce our panel, alright? First up, what would Batman be without the Joker? Probably happy, content, mentally stable, and enjoying a relatively pleasant day. Uh, these are all things I would be feeling had Mr. Viagra himself, Ross McLeod, not agreed to be on the panel. Ross, how are you? Uh, a bit stiff after that. <laughs> <laughs> told you never pop the pill too early mate that's <laughs> next going from Ross to my next panellist is like dropping a rusty old penny coin you dumped down the toilet after taking a dump and picking up a fresh crisp winning Euro Millions ticket alright he's the Iron Man of ESSR a gentleman among peasants fresh off his trip to Canada it is the man with a voice so smooth it has his own Tinder account please welcome <laughs> Mr Gary Kernan with Lucy Kernan how's it going Woo-hoo. Yeah, we're good, thank you. I wonder where you were going when you started that introduction, but I'm happy with how it ended. How was SummerSlam? <laughs> it was incredible. We yeah. had such a good time. The events were fantastic. We were, had a great time seeing yeah. Toronto, and um, we um, ended up on the pre-show. You did. As well. You have no idea how excited I was to see. <laughs> I was like, it's them! They're, yeah. they're there. Not as excited as Hockney was. <laughs> <laughs> I did see your battles engines. I think I've seen you, Gary, anyway. I have to tell you, Ross, can you tell the story that you told me that night? Yes, um, Stephen and Gary were texting, uh, and he said, when you come back on the screen, just wave, wave and we'll see you. And we went, oh look, there's Gary, uh, there's Gary and Lucy. <laughs> and David waves and goes, hello! <laughs> <laughs> 
He's, a, he's in Canada, Dave. You can keep shouting. Uh-huh. They will not hear you from Bells Hill. I, I, I missed Natty versus Becky because I was lost still laughing at that. Well, in the main show. Next up, we have a man who calls himself the Big Dog, but I would describe him more as a bunny rabbit, hopping from excuse to excuse as to why he's lost a sweep or a draft or a quiz or any other competition in this podcast. Perhaps you're hungover today, mate. I don't know. I don't know. Please welcome the man with more hot takes than I've had hot dogs. I'll let you decide that one. It's Alan McLucas. How's it going? You're the king of excuses, you junk. What's wrong? R.I.P. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm great now. Uh, but wet from celebrating all the, the joys of the Goatsman getting slashed. Mm. That was good. Well, listen, I, um, every, everyone has a downfall, but... You know, history, guys, it's littered with tyrants who have used their power and influence to benefit themselves and their quest for power. In a completely unrelated note, Mr. It's My Podcast won his sixth ESSR Championship at SummerSlam, um, and he did something else that you can find on our social medias. I'm not saying anything, but you can take from that what you will. Please welcome Vince McMahon and Molly Weasley's love child, it's Stephen Wilson. (laughs) Yes, thank you. In a world where people pretend to be wrestling journalists, we have a legitimate champion here on who is Brad Shepard? I am Stephen Wilson. We can't call anyone out. Uh, guy called Shad Brefford or something like that. Like, uh. Just so you know, Ronda Rousey's coming back any week now. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll be proclaiming on this podcast for every week. Yeah. It wasn't Dave Meltzer. It wasn't even Dave. And then when Ronda Rousey returns, it'll be me who proclaims it, not Meltzer, not Kayla, not Sat. You should have an official countdown on your social yes. media. Ronda Rousey is a better so team minus this week. I wouldn't have the same effect because he blocked me because apparently I'm stupid. No, you're stupid, Shepard. It's <laughs> good you haven't taken a personal week. And lastly, he'll tell you what he wants, what he really wants. If you want to be his lover, you're going to have to eat his bread. He needs some buns like he's never needed buns before. He wants to make buns with you, baby. He's got a cable package bigger than the Spice Girls back catalogue. Please welcome Jenny Quackywell. <laughs> I can say something, please. <laughs> Let me know you're not dead. Well, I'm dead from laughing. <laughs> yes, Spice Girls fan stuff. <laughs> if you want me to, yes. Laku, one day two will become one. Yeah. Me and the SSR title will be reunited. It's not that day, obviously. Thank you very much, Ross. Let's get on with the show, guys. Oh, wow. SummerSlam 2019, right? So I'm we're interested in the show as well. We've got like I put aside five minutes here to just talk about the pre-show. It's hard to sort of evaluate the pre-show, um, but I'm going to start with Alan. Alan, what was your thoughts on the pre-show panel that showed up this time? Because I love, I love you asking the only person here who didn't see it. You didn't see the pre-show. I didn't watch it live. I watched it the next night, so there was no pre-show. It was no, just straight in. That's fair enough. Oh, that's fair enough. Sorry, I'm just going to say Gary was great. So we're <laughs> <laughs> yes, match of the day of the pre-show was Apollo Crews versus Buddy Murphy. Right up until the point where Rowan decided to do his bad thing and trashing Buddy Murphy. But what a match that day to put on. See, I think it's better in hindsight now that Buddy got some time in SmackDown last night uh, mm-hmm. to do his thing. But it did further that Roman Reigns um, and um, Daniel Bryan Rowan story that's been going on. It's a weird one. I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes. I don't think that's going to be obvious. I think there's going to be a wee twist there, but it's we had me, Austin. <laughs> but that was one of the matches that wasn't announced in advance. And Stephen, it was um, it was very quickly before the show we found out the women's tag titles would be defended. It'd be Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the wonderful Iconics. What did you make of that one? Uh, I thought it was a good way to kind of 
get the iconics off the television temporarily, not that they're bad, because obviously Peyton's apparently, well not apparently, she had to get married, she's but she's apparently taking some time off for it, but uh, I like what we've seen so far of uh, Nikki and Alexa's champs, mm-hmm. and I hope they get a good solid run, they've already had uh, more TV defences, and successful TV defences than the iconics. Yeah, that's so, a, it wouldn't be hard to do, no. <laughs> to be honest with you. Ross, uh, what do you make of that? Obviously the women's tag team titles, they've not been prominent on TV. Do you think the best way for them to be used is in this sort of story? We know it's going to eventually lead to an Alexa and Nikki breakup. Uh, are you okay with that, this sort of temporary alliance, getting the belts put on them? As long as the titles are defended on TV. like yeah. <laughs> We've seen it with the, tag t- the men's tag titles, like... 2011 to 2013 before teams start becoming a thing again mm-hmm. it was just a case of who we thrown together this week as long as they're on TV I, I don't care mm-hmm. I would like to say to WWE if you're going to put matches on the pre-show for those that are trying to run a sweep could you maybe give us more than two <laughs> so I'm not frantically texting everyone when I'm about to go out the door I need your predictions I need your predictions <laughs> well thank you very much yes. yeah, you'd go crazy and just not include them no, no, uh, integrity. I have to have order, Alan. It should, you have to integrity. <laughs> Gary, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, Nigel McGuinness uh, has to get home early for bed because the Cruiserweight title match once again on the pre-show um, at SummerSlam we had Drew Gulak versus Oni Larkin. Were you in the building at SummerSlam for this match yet? Just. Yeah. <laughs> the odd thing was... Uh, the tickets said 6pm on them mm-hmm. which is when most people oddly started to arrive at the arena yeah. and we, most people were, weren't as you can see from the scenes probably in the uh, TV screen most people weren't in their seats which was really odd about this pre-show it's actually it was quite eventful once it got started I mean the first hour of the panel talking you could skip because we're not on it Lucy are we yeah. but then once it got started we had a couple of you know, the matches that you were talking about the Cruiserweight tag titles Apollo Cruz and Buddy Murphy but also Edge mm. yeah. I mean I that felt like a, um, a you know that was a proper moment a pop that was deserving of a bigger spotlight than it got Does that probably it should have started the show though yeah, maybe the main card that should have started a lot. I think that would have been yeah. a good idea. One of my favourite bits of the pre-show, and unfortunately you probably won't have seen it, is when they were off camera on the panel or sat behind us. We were in row 10, there's a, a row 11, and then there was the panel. We were set up and uh, the, some fans were shouting, We love you, Jerry! We love you, Booker! <laughs> and then they started shouting, Charlie, Charlie, and then... Put your stuff up! <laughs> <laughs> That was my favourite bit of the pre-show. Truer words have never been uh, spoken, I think. Um, I won't put out to anyone who has an opinion on this. Edge, obviously getting physical for the first time since his retirement. Do we think that uh, Saudi money is coming his way? Too risky. It's, it's, it's bumping for him is the issue. Oh, like yeah. he, can, he can throw a spear or two or whatever, but bumping... It was a weak speed yeah. as well. You could tell that Elias was uh, doing his best. Like, it's like oh, I've just fallen down. This. It's well the fact that the guy was saying before he retired. You know, after a match, he couldn't feel his hands. He couldn't close his hands. Yeah. You know, it's too much for us. Okay, it was good to see him back in that oh, hair. Man, someone needs to tell me what product Edge is using because that mane, it's like a lion. It was like it was incredible. I, I, think, it. I think as well. Obviously, like the one other time he's gotten <clears throat> slightly physical is when, you know, I think it was like when Cena had to bring back the authority, the person they put in charge at Edge was Big Show, you know, a trusted performer, mm-hmm. an actual friend, and you could see, like, 
He's holding his neck here, <laughs> It's like his shoulders he's holding. He's like, protecting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stamp on his neck, like, shoulders, <laughs> jump your shoulders if you want. We know this is gonna happen, big show, but from one spear to another. Um, I think with Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler being announced, Kenny, <laughs> I'll come back to you first for this one, alright? We all thought it was gonna be a squash, um, but. What was, what was your thoughts going into the match? What was your did you like the build to it with Ziggler hitting all the legends and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I did. I, I'll put my cards on the table. And say I, I've always been a Goldberg fan. I think Goldberg should have re- left it at Mania Thirty Three. I thought that was a brilliant match, which really exceeded expectations. And this match sort of did what we thought it would do. I enjoyed it for what it was. It was never going to be match of the year. It's never going to get a big rating on our friend Dave's <laughs> st- weird star system. Um, okay. <laughs> Another weird Dave. Used to be a common theme. Weird Dave's. Um, but the match seven Hoggy rated match. Yeah, the match delivered what it, we thought it did. Um, it was a bit of a surprise at the start, and there was a bit of a gasp in the arena when uh, Ziggler hit those super kicks. I have to say, come at you for that one. Did, what, what was your thinking? Do you think, oh my god, they pulled a swerve here? Did you yeah, think that? We were talking because Scott had put a poll on Twitter saying. Uh, <laughs> Will Ziggler win tonight? Yes, no, hell no, <laughs> hell no, won the poll. And we're like, Ziggler's not winning, this is, oh my god, one, oh, all right, no, right. Like, but we all just bit because, you know, after Goldberg Brock at Survivor Series 2016, like, we know, now know anything's possible, and it was just that, oh, that was two super kicks, by the way, just for those that were kissing super kicks on the show. That two, is, two, I don't two, know why that's relevant. <laughs> two beautifully delivered super kicks, which clearly gave Dolph far too much confidence because yeah. after the match, he got a bit crazy. I have, to, I have to say, yeah. like, Stephen, would you have been satisfied if the match had finished and Goldberg went up the rabbit? You would have got what you paid for at that point. Yeah, right? but. I'm talking from me and obviously Ross me we're both watching the same place we we wanted more <laughs> we were <laughs> we were and given the fact that the pay-per-view ended an hour before it was scheduled to end on the network <laughs> we could have had him spearing him for all night yeah I genuinely think that uh, Alan where do you think though no, like do you think it was the right move obviously Dolph Ziggler he's not the star that he was back when he cashed in money in the bank we've talked about this for a long time but do you think there's any credibility left with Dolph Ziggler now? No, that's the ultimate squash. I mean, like, you've came out, you've been beaten badly by a 50-year-old man, but who was supposed to be, this is supposed to be the retirement match, and now he's signed a new long-term contract. So, you're getting battered by a 50-year-old man, and then you just keep on the trap. Look, can we not say it by a 50-year-old man like he's just some generic 50-year-old man? This is He's not your bro, Alan. He's not your bro. I love Goldberg, man. No, but like, oh, it's just, it's the fact that he's came back to ring what, twice after annihilating him just to literally split the boy in half. Yeah, I'm not, yeah you're done. I'm not going to lie, though. See, if he has got a new contract, then we get Goldberg versus Matt Riddle out of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, Quacko. Obviously, Matt Riddle was one option on the table, but this, this showed that Goldberg, he's not the Goldberg we've seen in Saudi Arabia. He can still put on the match that he's designed to put on. Who would you like to see Goldberg go up against next, if anyone? Matt Riddle, who else? Eh, I've actually not thought about that because I'm not going to lie, I've... N- 
Goldberg, as, as legendary as he is, he's on the back of my mind for who I really want to see in a dream match, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think but, Goldberg needs to go into the matches with folk like Ziggler, you know, trusted hands that can still go. So not legends, not people that are up and coming. So I would put Elias. <laughs> see, see, you asked that question. Just one match came out of my head: the Fiend Goldberg. Mm. If it was as long as the Fiend. It would have to be the Fiend uh, followed in the line, not Fiend now, but maybe eighteen months' time, two years' time. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a brilliant match. You know, you like a quick, a quick match, but it'd be a brilliant match. Rush, you had a. I'd love to see me like see the whole twenty four seven title things at the minute. I'd love to see Drake Maverick running away with the bell <laughs> through the crowd into the ring as Goldberg's hitting a promo. Goldberg hits a spear and then when he stands up with the title, everyone just goes. Well, every so often you have a golden idea. And I, I would love to see <laughs> that. You know what? I think I'll just challenge yeah. for the US title. I think I'll leave it. <laughs> see as you're saying that, Cesaro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I just wouldn't want to see him lose. I love Cesaro. You know, what I, mean? no, I think Cesaro should retire. See, and that'll be his push. Something obviously take it with pinch of salt because it's Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Apparently, his new deal is to be Bruno, as in Bruno San Martino, and put someone over on the way out like Bruno did. Like I think he made like the next big star. That's the most Paul Heyman thing I've ever heard in the yeah. planet. You can tell that came from his mouth. It was yeah. like talking to him. I, I think it was like Backlund he put over and then yeah. Backlund like, led the mm-hmm. title for four also, years. And you were talking about Riddle. <coughs> Does anyone see the, the comments about when the two of them actually met backstage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Riddle wasn't acting like a big man then, was he? I'm not sure, bro, bro. I'm okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Riddle seemed to back down from his character and went, oh, yeah, yeah, the fact that Riddle doesn't kill like you'll fight Brock Lesnar or Goldberg he is a, an MMA guy who was in a four match winning streak in his first four matches in UFC well, it's one of those things where I, I enjoyed the match we'll need to see what happens if mm. Goldberg versus Riddle happens it'd be exciting but something that wasn't too exciting Kwaku I know you're you're a Kofi Kingston fan in the match it had such promise like did you like yeah. the way this match was built based around their history and what happened real life events back in 2009 ok this is where I'll start with the thing of people weren't appreciating what they were seeing correct me if I'm wrong was I hearing Kofi stupid chants yes yeah. right that was stupid in itself first of all I would like to say that if you were chanting that, I'm sorry, but <laughs> we were not chanting that. I, were we? I know, no. I know you two are the smartest people going, and I can imagine you guys with your visceral section signs doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> but don't get started. Before, before it got stolen by another <laughs> visceral section member, I know all the cleaner. I know. <laughs> at, at least, at least you know the visceral sections all of two people now. Anyway. <laughs> I was in the that really it just didn't set the tone right for me to be honest with you oh it's one of those things Alan do you think part of the reason that people were like chatting that is because of Kofi's reign thus far because it was a great moment at Wrestlemania and I don't think that Kofi is putting bad performances per se but his his, his title reign so far has just been a bit average. by average yeah it's because he's been booked and you know if you're going to put Kofi in with somebody it's going either lift him up and give him the push or going to drop him Orton's the perfect guy mm-hmm. he's done it throughout his whole career and it, it, is a bit, it is a shame what's happening to Kofi because he has becoming a bit stale uh, I don't agree with the Kofi stupid thing I think that's crap to be honest mm-hmm. but also this match as well it just didn't live up to the it just seemed like the tomb just couldn't be bought I'll let you come back quicker because you seem to yeah, take exception yeah because look at the people who he's defended against so far Seth Rollins yes okay was a double whatever 
uh, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe. He's fought off so many people that should be world champions. Mm-hmm. So hard to say. Mr. Wade's getting booed. I, 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 I don't think it's on paper, you're right, but it's just been Stephen, do you agree? It's just been match quality, not that. Ma- match quality, I think, has been fine. I think one of the issues with it is he's still kind of, it kind of looks like he still kind of needs the big E and Xavier all the time, you know. I think if he obviously the matches himself, he's done it. He's, he's been out there. He's put on great matches, as Quacko said, with all these guys and beat them. And some more Joey probably be too convincingly. I probably would say. Yeah. yeah. But it just something maybe doesn't feel right. Maybe it's maybe just how SmackDown's presented. Maybe check that. But I actually thought the build to this match was very well done, considering that the two of them didn't really face off face to face. The promo work from Randy <laughs> before it was brilliant. Kofi was even. Kofi is shown in the last. Year since he's won that belt, he's great on the mic. Uh, Ross, what do you think? Like, uh, uh, personally, I'm going to put my cards on the table. I think this was a case of Randy Orton not being invested in the match itself, and it was just a bit too traditional Randy Orton for me. A bit rest holdy. Do you know what I mean? Where you yeah, do you feel the same thing? Yeah, definitely. I think he's just he didn't seem interested. He seemed so interested leading up to the match, but as you said, too traditional. I think they knew they were leading to the double count out and Randy Orton's someone who if you give him a bad like, booking or bad storyline he will not be interested and you will definitely not like look how look at Wyatt Randy Orton mm-hmm. and look at this Randy Orton <laughs> Gary would you agree that that match was just booked badly like the finish I think on paper if Randy got a bit more physical or a bit more in the face of Kofi Sins it could have worked but it just felt a bit lacklustre yeah I think that's right there's a couple of interesting things the guys have said already to me this didn't feel like a big match mm-hmm. and actually being there in the arena this felt like the popcorn match because I think it followed Trish and uh, I think it did follow Trish and Charlotte yeah. it followed that so, I think people you Bray Wyatt was going to be on after that. It needed a different, you know, it was placed wrong in the card, I think. The Kofi Stupid chants, um, you know, this, you know, Canadian crowds are renowned for being bizarro world, and that falls into that category. When Seth came out, there was some booing for Seth. Mm-hmm. Nobody was booing at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan talked about the, the people that, um, that Kofi's defended against so far. Joe was cold as anything when he fought him. AJ was in this sort of uh, phase. Yeah. So he's not really had any contenders that have elevated him further. So this match, I think, felt, when you compare it to the Universal title, the Universal title match felt like a main event. Mm. This felt like a mid card match. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, Ross, what do you think? Yeah, just obviously a point on the people he's faced. Kevin Owens, it was too soon. Like, yeah, they could have kept. The nudie thing going for a while and then Big E comes back and goes, actually I was injured because Kevin Owens attacked me. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler, the matches were great. It was one of the only good thing on Super Showdown. And the steel cage match, the drama and all that was there. But it'd be a bit more convincing if it was someone like an AJ Styles or an Akamura or a Daniel Bryan. Because Dolph Ziggler's got to that stage where it's like, you, you bite, but at the same time you don't bite. Mm-hmm. And then, as we mentioned, some module cold as ice well if you, if you look at it that way like you only fought Kevin Owens because Daniel Bryan was injured yeah. you only fought Dolph Ziggler because Kevin Owens wouldn't go to Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. you know it's, are you meant to put over a champion if it, that's what you're doing well it's very hard and I do I do think actually the way you refresh him is this Orton feud's obviously going to continue now which mm-hmm. it is what it is I wouldn't mind the entire New Day turning heel again 
I do think them as a group have gotten a bit steered. No, but if they turn heel, it makes more sense that Kofi, if he, you have the group there and he needs them, that's just more convincing and it's more convenient. You know what I mean? And oh, but we're keeping, <laughs> we're keeping on the SmackDown side of things. And Lucy, you must have been buzzing to see this match up close and personal. It's Bailey, Bailey versus Ember. Man, were you excited for this one? Yeah. Yeah, very excited. Obviously, you're sporting the Bailey gear right now. Um, Gary, you were there in person. What did you make of? It was a strange build to me this match because it was one of the things that was like Ember was handed um, the title shot from Bailey as though she was some sort of underdog, and then Ember was just made to look a bit weak in the build up to it. What was your thought of the build? I think that's a, a fair summary of it. I think this match suffered with being too similar to the other late women's title match, Natty and Becky face versus face, mm-hmm. to to have two of those matches the same type of story you're trying to tell. And Ember was made the sacrificial lamb on the the week of SummerSlam, wasn't she? When she uh, took the fall in the tag match, yeah, and so she, she had that natty sharpshooter uh, snapped on it as well. <laughs> um, and so we had that Bailey saver, and I was yeah. like, if anyone don't do natty, don't give natty that rub, and Ember didn't it more. Yeah, um, so Ember deserves. You know, sorry, doesn't deserve. Ember should be in a better spot than she is. She's a great talent and has a lot of potential a lot to offer uh, she needed I think to go on a, a little run to work up to being the champion we talked in the last pod about uh, when we talk about TakeOver about Mia Yim being like the face of the week that's what Ember felt like now it looks like going by Twitter that Bailey's issued a challenge to Clash of Champions to Candice Marie. I don't know what, what to make of that with Bailey. Bailey she just hates matches that aren't going to happen yeah, so. is, this what, is this going to be her thing she's going to randomly pick people I wonder please I want you but either way all oh, is Holly. right with the world and Bailey retained oh. um, and held onto the belt so we were happy with the outcome yeah <laughs> the destination felt less important to me about this one Bailey did say in an interview on uh, TalkSport actually she talked about three people she wanted to face I think it was Candice Dakota Kai and Kayleigh Ray oh. and The Rock <laughs> that's unplausible but, where uh, is Dakota Kai? she's injured oh, she's injured for a while yeah, she, but uh, uh, I think with this match I think one of the problems with it is they kind of cut it too short it seemed like it was starting to build a bit of steam it was starting to the crowd can you maybe prove is it the crowd looked like they were starting to get into it a wee bit with the two way the two of them were going they were putting a great but they just kind of snapped its legs off it mm-hmm. with a crack finish with the up top rope belly to belly but I'm going to put Alan in the spot here actually and I know we've got people in the room who might be upset what are you going to say Alan but did the right person go over in this match in your opinion a tough one actually that's a no <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to have to just say yes right now mm-hmm. I think the booking hasn't been great for Ember and obviously being not weak I think Ember's time's coming I think it will be Ember that does take the title from her I'm sorry but um, yeah right now is not the time for her I agree with Guy she deserves to be in a better spot I think she will get that spot uh, probably by the end of the year yeah, and does it? What's your thoughts on that, Ross? Actually, because Alan's brought up an interesting point. He thinks Ember will come back and be the one to take that title from Bailey. Me and you had a sort of dialogue earlier this week. Yeah. Uh, the, we seem to be on the same boat with this. Do you think it'll be someone else? Yeah, I think if she's been Trish Stratus at SummerSlam, it's got to be Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go for <clears throat> like being possibly the most recognisable woman of all time, other than China. 
two being say on the pre-show against Sonia Deville like mm-hmm. and even like as we mentioned Mia Yim face of the week the, the build up to Ember Moon's title match she lost to Sonia Deville because Mandy Rose interfered she lost to Mandy Rose because Sonia interfered they had an argument over a plate of oranges o- origins I origins <laughs> oranges Jesus Christ easy for you to say exactly it was how ridiculous it was and then the next week it was haha you've got no friends oh look there's Bailey. <laughs> Bailey gets the pin in the match and then goes I think you've earned a title shot yeah, I haven't. In what world? Yeah. Uh, uh, the only thing about Charlotte is Charlotte's very stable, she's champion. And the fans turn on her very quickly. See, but that's her job, though. Like, Ice champion, stable, heel champion. Yeah. Well, Ross it works, brilliant. like the emotion works with Charlotte, I think, when she's champion and a heel because we're meant to want her yeah. to lose. It was the same yeah. with Triple H, I'll have that And I feel like, I agree, she's a good heel champion, but she seems to burn out very quickly, regardless yeah. of thingy. So, is, is it worth putting her on to maybe give her two month rate and drop it because she'll lose the, the spark? And that's one of the things, Quacker, I wanted to go to you just very quickly on this. Do you think that's what, because we have a lot of women in the roster but they don't seem to build them all up at once so when someone wins a feud it's like oh there's no obvious person to go to next and it feels cold because we haven't seen that person on TV mm-hmm. for a while you know what I mean Ross uh, didn't take a jab at Sonya Deville but said you can't just go to Sonya Deville mm-hmm. and it's nothing against Sonya Deville as a competitor it's just she hasn't been built correctly and the depth from the roster isn't there you know what I mean well yeah. this is a problem when you're the only matches you have for women on the TV show is when the women's championship is implicated. Mm-hmm. They don't have any other storyline. Take NXT for example. The other thing they've got is Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. Great match. No belt involved. Just a grudge of I hate you. You're a sweaty golf and I hate you more. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's what it needs. It can't be just like oh I pick you and then that's. We can make it easy that way. But quickly, I'm just going to stay with you. Move on to our next match yeah. here. What's your thoughts on the OC? Not the TV show. New group in WWE Raw. I've never actually watched the OC. <laughs> yeah, it was good back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should check it out. Yeah, but, oh, oh sorry. Uh, you yeah. mean Gallows and Anderson? I mean Gallows and Anderson. Right. Mr. Mr. Uh, Alan Styles. I. Yeah. Uh, so... The face painting's weird, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a throwback to Japan days, though. I know, but... Oh, it's a throwback to my indie days, people. Remember I used to be in the indies? It looks like a It looks like the Warlord. Google the Warlord, that's exactly what it looks like. A poor man's tensor, that's low. Like, then, I get what is happening, but the thing is, though, AJ Styles doesn't need interference and stuff. But I get what they're doing, but the thing I'll say at the same time is I'm actually just... This is weird for me to say. I'll just take it because <laughs> let's be honest. In the past year, Carlos and Anderson haven't really been booked well, so it's kind of it's good to see them. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask everyone's opinion on this match because I was sort of mixed on it. Obviously, we had a Alan great spot from Ricochet uh, mm-hmm. doing the Takeshi's Castle over um, <laughs> <laughs> over the shoulders <laughs> of Carlos <Alice> Anderson. <laughs> I jumped in my seat when I landed. Yeah. And was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, <laughs> and she's like. Oh, you so can't do that. I went 99.9999% of the world's population can't do that. Yeah, well, he's the American Ninja Warrior. Oh, he's incredible. As a Nightwing uh, fan, I appreciated the attire as well. Yeah, very like, cool. That was very cool. Can I just say, I'm not a bodyguard expert, but I certainly know if I've got two bodyguards, you don't have the small behind the big one to create a ladder effect for something to jump across to get to the main person. <laughs> just for I'll say It's that. a video game you've got to build up. <laughs> uh, Stephen, I want to come at you next. This is not a hard question. I actually do think it's a hard question because I think it's something we need to come to terms with. 
I would say this match didn't live up to full expectations. I've been saying mm. that about every AJ Styles match for the past year and a half. Yeah. Is there a problem? The thing about it is, it's not a bad match. It's just they've had three, I think it's at least three mm-hmm. uh, matches in the last couple of months since then. The one at the last pay-per-view was a very good match with a very good finish. Again, with this one, great finish. But there was something missing on it. It's a, you kind of thought there was this middle of the card after between the the first match and the Kevin Owens Shane McMahon match there was those matches in that point that just did not feel quite right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe because Natty lost in the first match I don't know yeah but Ross it's good to see Ricochet being given a singles match a prominent singles match yeah. on the second or third biggest WWE pay-per-view of the year you know what I mean that's like that's a positive surely yeah at the same time it didn't live up to the hype as you said it's it's a weird one AJ Styles is one of the best in the world but he's just not delivering recently like sometimes he's affected by card placement sometimes he's affected by never ending storylines like Shinsuke never <coughs> I was trying not to sing <laughs> uh, Shinsuke and Samoa Joe spring to mind uh, he Wendy <laughs> oh, God, man, horrendous. did you guys hear people shouting Wendy during the match Wendy <laughs> yeah. yeah that's incredible just there you go sorry we talked about that uh, same finish last year in the WWE title matches this year yeah. the heel goes after the champion's family Aye, and then, it's and then like, just move on to the next paper yeah. <laughs> but good to see Ricochet getting a prominent role did like his Nightwing attire for what it was but as the match got on it did look a bit yeah but it must have been sweat <laughs> I want to ask that what you guys think the Kernahan's over here what was the reaction to this match in the arena was it a bit dead or were, were people invested in it what would you say I'd say it's like mix mixed like some people were into it and some people didn't really care they were just like it's toilet break yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a curious placement in the cards. I didn't expect Natty and Becky to start the show. I actually thought this would be the match that they would have started with, with the high impact energy. I wonder just uh, with um, with AJ if we have higher expectations. So if this had been a, uh, you know, like. Uh, KOs and Shane I think it seeded expectation I don't yeah. think any of us really thought that that would be what like, match of the night even Rollins and Lesnar to an extent I think we have a higher expectation of these two I agree with the point Quacko made about Gallows and Anderson if you know the, uh, bringing the club together is good it's given them something to do um, but I think it's been rushed a bit so Gallows and Anderson get back together with AJ the club's officially formed the next week they become the tag champs yeah. That, that felt a bit too quick for me we've seen this match too many times which is a, a real feature with AJ uh, thing. I thought the same with Kevin Owens a while ago that yeah. you know you're almost guaranteed every week to see AJ wrestle um, sometimes less is more Yeah, and uh, maybe we AJ doesn't need to wrestle every week in Raw. I think he could benefit from going away for a while. Yeah, I'm glad that there's a line drawn now. This feud's done. I love the finish, I've got to say. That move that they finished with was incredible yeah. for them all. I like the Nightwing attire. The only shame is that you couldn't see, uh, you couldn't see Ricochet's abs. No abs. The only thing I'm going to say about AJ is because he's coming down to me, I don't think age is a factor here. Yeah. He's not wrestling with the same intensity. In TNA, he wrestled very quickly, very powerfully. He did the same in Japan, but he's not doing it here. And I wonder, 
and there were stories about Nakamura's being held back he's told don't do this don't do that we're going to be a bit more PG want to make it a bit more entertaining I wonder if that's part of the reason why maybe AJ's not hitting in full form I agree with you Alan I think, I think it's this word pitbull that Vince uh, seems to associate with AJ he wants him to wrestle that more grounded um, style and I do think it's affects him in a way but if he is getting older and he needs to slow it down I think it's a style that can benefit him going forward and he keep it up from years to come keep doing that. sorry to talk over you David it's it's hard to do that type of match when you know you've got to wrestle the next day mm-hmm. uh, whereas at TakeOver you know, those guys can go full pelt and they know they won't have to wrestle for a week and a half yeah well someone who isn't going to have to wrestle for a week and a half in fact she's probably never going to wrestle again uh, is the one and only uh, WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus um, I liked, Stephen you talked about this in the lead up to it but the build to this match seemed to come out of nowhere and it was only given a couple of weeks do you think that they did well with the promo time they were given to promote this match uh, I'm not going to lie I wasn't 100% sure going into it because as I said uh, the promo time of it didn't really feel I felt like it was rushed I mean they could have with Charlotte was off TV for a while they could have built this for longer mm-hmm. but when the two of them went in the ring I had a bit of a sluggish start I think but as it went on Trish showed that she still got it Charlotte showed why as most of the guys on the panel have said in the past she is very very good in the ring mm-hmm. everybody knows I'm a Becky Lynch mark a wee bit uh, but uh, I can't deny how good Charlotte is as an in-ring competitor your name is Becky Lynch mark <laughs> what? your name is Becky Lynch mark are yeah talk- it by Depot are you talking about the same Becky Lynch that did a signing in Glasgow that members of this panel went to see but you didn't bother leaving Bells Hill for yes okay <laughs> not, just, just checking not that much for Becky I wanted to, I had to, I had to <laughs> be in Glasgow to get my free ICW ticket I wanted <laughs> You skipped a child. I don't skip a child. Clark, skips anyone. About 200. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come back to you, Ross, because yes. there, was a, there was a discussion on the greatest uh, female competitor of all time on uh, the East Sleep Super Extreme Community Facebook group, which you can join now. As t- and people were sort of getting low on Trish, saying her matches were never that good, she was never that good. Do you think that argument's been put to bed a wee bit? And Trish is showing that, I know she was in there with Charlotte, but she was a very, very good competitor. So, I think me and you summed it up in the conversation we had during the week, so I'm just going to read what I said to you. <laughs> you messaged me saying about, do you think she proved people wrong? Because there was a lot of it. can she still go? It's got to be crap, it's got to be crap. And I'd say to you, wanting someone to fail has always baffled me about certain wrestling fans. Uh, think she showed she could still go. Think being the best of a bad bunch back in the day clouds people's perspective. As in to say, oh, she was only good compared to bad people. She was good. She was never given much of a chance as well many women in that day and age. Yeah. But as we mentioned, her influence and her breakthrough in the, uh, through the card and through the ranks was shown on that card because this is the first WWE pay-per-view that's not evolution mm-hmm. to have four just women, not mixed tags, just women's matches. You had the women's title, the, sorry, the Raw and the SmackDown women's title, the tag titles, and you had Trish and Charlotte. This, and I'd even say with Trish, like even with the limited opportunity she was given, mm-hmm. if you mention her name to a casual wrestling fan, because of her presence during the Attitude Year, they would know her name. You know what I mean? So there is like a star power behind her, but Alan, I want you to switch gears a wee bit come to you. Charlotte Flair took Trish Stratus, who's only wrestled five matches since 2011, and didn't, I wouldn't say carried her to an excellent match, but she definitely was the ring general for this one. Do you think this yeah. showed how good Charlotte Flair is as an in-ring competitor? Yeah, I mean, someone we're talking about next week and 
control I'm watching the Mount Rushmore for me Charlotte Flair is the greatest female wrestler of all time and for me she didn't hit the peak yet she's still getting better and better and you're right she didn't have to carry her but she certainly guided her with specific moves and so forth and she really did it really well and she showed that she's no longer you know know the apprentice she's the master and you know she has and that torch has passed perfectly on from Trish to her mm. um, so yeah absolutely can you know and I want to ask you Quacky as well Charlotte Flair um, like the only way is up for her at this point do you do you think she needed this rub um, or do you think it was good for her to get it it, it adds an extra what, what do you want six notch yeah, yeah string on the bow and there, it, ends, it ends the <laughs> sort of discussion it's the legitimacy to her yeah. yes that that one adds that and I, personally I did like the build up to it yes it was short but don't forget Charlotte did have to take time away because of personal things going on with Andrade that mm-hmm. happened so she had to take away for that which was all great but I think just put them two names sells a match in itself and sometimes you just have that thing of when you have like an NXT match and before the bell goes you ha- you know who's in the ring and you get this is awesome chant yeah. that was that for me and Gary and Lucy I want to come to you guys many people have said that the aftermath of this match with Trish soaking in the appreciation for one last time in front of the Toronto Crowd Folk Special how was it to be in the arena at that point when the crowd was given their appreciation saying thank you Trish and it could have been the last time we see this legend of the business in the ring mm-hmm. well this was the first time that Lucy's seen Trish wrestle live you've seen her yeah. wrestle on TV before but it felt like a special moment didn't it? yeah Yeah. there was, uh, there was also when you were watching the match I tweeted this from the ESSR account uh, it was like it was you know, it was a historic moment. Uh, you know, this two two eras of women's wrestling coming together, and I I think Trish could have hung in this era definitely of mm-hmm. wrestling. Yeah. So the the arguments that people have made uh, up until now are false ones to me. Could Trish have wrestled a, a 15, 20 minute match every week? Well, she just proved that she could do it with the best. Yeah. Uh, and one of the great things about this match, and I don't know if you thought this, Lucy, you felt like. You never knew who was going to win it up until the end yeah. of it, and I like that. I love that about mm-hmm. wrestling. And there was, I, I think, for folk that were going into this match, there was a wee bit of legitimacy in the arguments or the fears of is this match going to be a bit of a damn squid? Because the tag match at Evolution wasn't great. I would argue that that wasn't Trish's fault. That was one Alicia Fox. That was Foxy, and I don't think Lita can still go to the same level. Yeah, you've seen that in the Royal Rumble. 2018 oh, yeah, which nearly killed yeah. herself. Dangerously bad. Aye. I think that Trish, I just want to wrap it up by saying from all of us, thank you, Trish. Absolutely. Everything she did for women's wrestling, and I think she, she deserved that moment in SummerSlam. Guys, that's it for part one. Uh, we will be back. Uh, we're going to go to our break now, where you'll be hearing uh, the, the jingle of the Firefly Her Fun House, but also uh, we're hyping up our more than hype interview with Sarah Grieve coming out this week. Uh, so stay tuned for part two. Hi, I'm TJ Perkins, otherwise known as the Cruiser Great, otherwise known as the Villain Flash, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Region. Previously on the Firefly Funhouse. Did you miss me? This 
is the Firefly Funhouse! This is my special place! Yowie wowie! We're gonna have so much fun here! What's up, Ray? This is no time for games! But don't worry, there's still a lot of darkness in this old noggin. But the puppets and this whole new fiend persona, clearly Bray is more twisted and messed up than ever. But I've stared fear in the eyes before. I didn't back down then, and I'm not gonna back down now. Hi, Finn! Mercy, Ramblin' Rabbit, and I are such humongous fans of yours. I should warn you, though. While you are an extraordinary man, the fiend is no man. The fiend is an abomination. The fiend is power. The fiend remembers. The fiend is coming for him. Let me in. Hey guys, more than hype here, LJ Cleary, Darren Carney, Nathan Martin, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet! Thank you to More Than Hype for being the voice of this week's show. Uh, their interview with Sarah Grieve will be out this week on all of the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, all of it will be there. Um, before we get into part two, we, we did ask the fans this week um, and the community group, which you can join on Facebook, get in there, join the discussion. What was your favourite match or moment from uh, SummerSlam? Uh, we had someone called Gary Kernahan. He said Brock versus Seth for the intensity, uh, Fiend versus Finn for the drama. Uh, Linky Gray said, got to be Trish versus Charlotte. It was an incredible match between the titans of their era. Absolutely the main event for me, uh, which then started a debate between myself and Stephen Wilson over there shock horror uh, take out the social media for a wee special of us too uh, you've got Louise Westy who said The Fiend versus Finn or Goldberg versus Diggler uh, Diggler? <laughs> Diggler <laughs> um, David Hatney said Fiend versus Finn uh, for Bray's return and Lesnar versus Rollins was also good uh, Ross McLeod said uh, Goldberg versus Ziggler um, which <laughs> and then John Woodcock said uh, The Fiend versus Finn Balor the entrance the lamp the, lamp, the feel was amazing and creepy and it felt incredible the crowd 
hot. Fantastic. So thank you everyone for the feedback. And join that group, guys. It's a really good group. Uh, good discussions going around, good arguments, and everyone's engaged. And that's what we want from us as a wrestling fan base, to engage with each other and have constructive discussions. One constructive discussion that has been happening recently, Alan, we'll come to you. The Firefly Funhouse. Yes. What? So when it first started, <laughs> what was your initial thought when you seen that first ever episode of the Funhouse? I just smelled the cheddar and the heat and it was just too cheesy. <laughs> I was just like, oh god. And Bray Wyatt for me in general has always been a guy who just goes on and on too far too long. He just talked and you're like, shut up mate, fight. Who's he fight? And he went on and on and I was like, no, nah. so for pretty much right up until basically Sunday, anytime he came on, Fast forward. Really? I've never watched a full five what do we watch it? Another hot take. No, I, it just goes on and on. Oh, and I'm just like, like, like I'm not kidding, even my dog, she'll sit and watch the rest of me and then he comes on, she just goes goes to bed and lies down and then literally when the adverts come back on, because usually he's on before the adverts, she'll get back up again. So you've never done a muscle man dance? You've not lived. No, Stephen, help me out here. I mean, the, the Firefly Funhouse has been the best part of WWTV for the last several months, surely. That and Quacko's Man Altruth. The two of them. Uh, but no, you, were, you did wonder when it started, it was like, where's it going to go with this? You know, it looks very like, is he gonna? Is his character going to go pure nice? Then he obviously chainsawed a cardboard cut out his head and you think, oh, maybe he's not been. But <laughs> when we started getting the fiend aspect of that uh, Firefly Funhouse, you thought, Where's this gonna go? Yeah. He then brought the fiend out on the TV in the last month or so. He was taking out all the legends and Finn Balor, and then we got to Sunday, and he came out, and you're like, oh. "This is money." I need to talk about that entrance, Rossley, and I need to talk about it because I wasn't sure they're just going to keep the old entrance music. Surely they have to do something different, and then what we got was yeah. freakier creepier and more atmospheric than I think any of us could ever predict what was your reaction to the entrance and what was the your favourite element of it it's just it's so many wee nods like I see the lettering at the start the let me in and the Pennywise style lit writing mm. and that's how I've described his character to people that aren't sure it's like Pennywise he lures people in with this friendly oh I'm the dancing singing clown sort of thing and then just snaps and becomes the evil the demon it's the Beetlejuice trousers it's the Death in the Family Joker style mask that he's got it's the fact that he wrestles just in this full attire much like I mentioned Pennywise Pennywise still keeps the clown outfit on when it's chasing its victims yeah it's just so many things that are done so well and it's hit that mark of perfectly because WWE sometimes when it goes a bit creepier, a bit crazy, as we've seen with the old Bray Wyatt character, or Kane and the Undertaker melodies, when it's cheesy, it's very cheesy and it's hokey and it makes you embarrassed to watch. Mm. This is like, it's terrifying, but at the same time it's like, this could be a main event player. Stephen, you like Cody Orange, who's done the, the remake of the, the Bray Wyatt theme. Oh, it's it. so well done, but that real element, I think, to that entrance was the lantern yeah the lantern with his head the eyes were stitched shut it's like 
God, I don't know how Lucy felt watching that. I was terrified. Nah, no, obviously, <laughs> we don't want to get too much into rumour on this show. Uh, we're a very legitimate uh, organisation, unlike some other people. <laughs> Ronda Rousey, next same. week! Next week! <laughs> <laughs> um, but there have been the rumours about the lantern uh, being complained about of appearance scripts and stuff like that, and being oh, gone as they take it down from their YouTube, the full entrance. It's apparently. Some people are saying that, other people are saying it's just been an editing job. Yeah. You'll know when the fiend comes I back and like that. If, if he's not with the lantern, it's been cut. Well, let's get back to the, the live, the liveness of the entrance, guys. And I'm asking you guys a bit, but this is one thing I can only imagine what it was like to experience the fiend coming out live. What was it? What, what was it like? <laughs> it was. Well, at first it was like really creepy at first, yeah. and then. When it came out, you just got a feeling like this is going to be a great match. So we were right by the entrance ramp, so we seen the Fiend make his very first steps onto the stage, which was pretty cool. But just before he came out, I just to give a nod to my man Finn. <laughs> uh, going to talk about that. Just, just like you know, he was wearing all white. I've never seen Finn wrestle in that colour before, so he had that sort of good versus evil yeah. symmetry, just oh to add to the storytelling there. He's on white. And yeah. I'm like, he wrestles in all different colours, like, really? Yeah. So just to give that, but the, 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 mo- you know, every move that he makes is considered, I don't know if any of you know it, it's that when he got to the bottom of the ramp and he had that sort of shudder to his body and then it was like, he had the, you know, he had the hand, he had the, he had the, he had the hands on his head and the, it was kind of, sh- yeah. there, was a, there was the nods in the ring as well where he looked like he was doubting himself. Yeah. Right before this, the sister Abigail, just after he nearly killed Finn with that, Next, next. That, well, that's that's one thing I wrote down here. Like Quacku, it's not just that he's changed gimmick. He has changed the way he moves slightly. He's changed the way, even like it's not a traditional Irish whip he does anymore. Like he's genuinely looks like he's throwing his opponent into the ropes, like he was doing with Finn. Did you like these small changes to his moveset, his mannerisms, and what was your your favourite element of his new character from an in rings perspective? Mm, I've got to highlight that mandible claw. Yeah. yeah, and the reason I'll say it is because see what something that Mick Foley does, which is absolutely genius, is that. There's a lot of wrestlers where they'll be a bit egotistical and say, that, oh, I, I invented that one and I do it the best. <laughs> no, we had we had Mick Foley actually explain why why using the mandible claw was so devastating because he explains that he puts the hat fingers in the mouth and he traps the nerve endings and goes underneath mm-hmm. and then he basically claps them together and it's very difficult to breathe when that happens. And you're like... I like, oh. when Mick, I like the best Mick Foley is when he breaks down it on a, like a scientific level yeah. of violence well, you know what I mean one of the things about Wyatt when he was on his his run to date was when if the sister Abigail didn't put him away you'd never looked like Bray was going to do anything with it Take, the great example was in Takeover of Io Shirai she had she the moonsault didn't win she then pulled out the submission to put Candice away Bray didn't have that element in his character beforehand with the Maniple Claw he does yeah I just wanted to say with this match you knew it felt special when uh, White got to the ring or The Fiend got to the ring and the crowd's chanting holy shit yeah. <laughs> um, there's only one other time I can think, remember that happening in WWE is when Shinsuke debuted at TakeOver yeah. you know the, the, it had everybody in their palm of the hands and then they stole a great story and even up until The Fiend dominated Finn looked terrified yeah. before it's that Finn energy about dom- it it's an intangible Finn rallied a little bit which yeah. then led into the mandible claw uh, can I see from a songwriting perspective mm-hmm. That music is perfect, and it's the, it's the drums. 
it's the base of it. The bum bum bum. It's the It's crazy. Your heart starts to go a bit. And you start to actually part. You feel yourself palpitating it. Yeah. Uh, something as well, something we mentioned about the demon character, because me and Alan on the break talked about how, um, like, the demon versus the fiend. The demon, I think, is a stale character. Mm. And the thing about the demon is, like, once the initial, oh my god, it's him in the entrance, what does the demon do differently exactly. that Finn Balor does? You mentioned all these wee moves and all they these. Everything the demon does is like 10 right. 20% but off. Of also, does. the fact there's not, obviously, I know Quacko's going to correct me here, but there's not much difference in the moves of Finn Balor and the demon. Yeah, right. This is, this is a big thing that people miss out on. The whole point of the demon is it gets in your head. So the moves that Finn Balor does, you can reverse them. So he does, like, his main signature thing is, like, the sling blade, the double kick to the, the drop the drop kick to the turnbuckle, the coup de grace, stuff like that. They're all moves that you can reverse. The thing with the demon is that it gets into people's heads that they can't reverse those devastating moves when they land. But that's the key difference. But that's the thing though, if it gets in their head, much like The Undertaker gets in people's heads with the parlor tricks and the uh, the gong, <laughs> not the dong, the gong. <laughs> um, why doesn't he just do it every week? It's, it's because, because it's a special it's beca- thing. It's I think that's the problem though. That's it's a special thing. It's became thing. a Saudi blood money. Like, I, I disagree. But no, but I agree with him because I think like if it's a special thing, why are you not bringing it out against Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title? Yes. But you bring it out for Bobby Lashley. They actually referenced that on commentary on Sunday. Yeah. They were saying like, why is he not bringing it out for this one? He seems like he's underestimating Bray Wyatt. I think it would be a better thing for the character if it was like the demon comes out when the demon chooses to. If they explain like the demon's this like Hulk-like persona, they can't control. They don't really. Yeah, right? They don't. They've not used. As, the way Quacko explains is if they use the demon properly that would work but they don't really seem to use the demon really properly at all no no because like okay. they, they used it better in NXT yes, yes but they brought it out with Baron Corbin right because Baron Corbin had been pushing Finn and <laughs> pushing him and pushing him and pushing him they, he brought it out with Bray Wyatt when he poured the red paint over him because he said I've got my inner demon so he built that story that's the point of the demon yes. the demon doesn't but, always come out but then you have the flip side of it for the last Saudi show where they announced the demon five weeks before it yes but that Saudi show yeah. Saudi you don't but I think that, well, the difference between the fiend and the demon is we understand the fiend character to the extent we need to we understand yeah. that it's this different entity of Bray Wyatt that's taken over the demon doesn't have a logic behind it and it doesn't need to be like a real world logic it just needs to be a sound storyline logic that's consistent and I think that's the problem for me mm-hmm. with the demon as compared to the fiend you know I wanted to ask this final question I'll give all of you a chance to answer this right is this new fiend Bray Wyatt character a main event gimmick yes 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 potentially what WWE does next is crucial don't mess it up please it needs to be special uh, which I think they're going in that way because we didn't get the fiend in Raw this week you can't wrestle a random Raw no. show yeah. it, needs, it needs to be safe for people you keep the Firefly yeah. Funhouse and the occasional attacks yeah. I wonder if the, we might see a sort of Bray Fiend as in a Finn Demon thing that we might see Bray wrestle on ro- random Raws as Bray and then the Fiend comes out for big I, I, shows. As Heart Attack Bray? That'd be phenomenal. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I, handshake I before the match and stuff. Like, good no. luck, son. Good luck. So, to me, that's a Mania match. Fiend versus Demon. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. back to us in Ross in the break. 
not this mania has to be the fall mania coming I wouldn't so, mind because no. it gave the fiend time to build up it's just something that I fear as well like the demon is as much as we're clear the demon is Vince McMahon's you know it's to sell masks because he's not got a mask star that can do it it's to sell masks and t-shirts and you know the the arm things that but now he has the fiend for that. Yeah, but at the same time, I've got a fear because he's never really trusted Bray Wyatt. That it's no just going to go all the way to Mania. Yeah. Demon's going to beat him, and then it's like. Do you think though we don't have just Vince running things from behind the scenes now? As it seems, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are being handed more power every week, so Vince can go and do all the things. Vince is I don't. It's a problem for me, and uh, uh, Stephen, I get why you said you wanted them to be kept apart. I do think that the Fiend versus Alistair Black is going to be the Mania match. Great, but they, need, they can't have one of them lose. Bad, you know. I think I, I do think have both of them undefeated until then. You have a built-in thing with if Bray's personalities get too out of control by the end of the match, like it's himself that gets to his own way. That's an interesting storyline, <laughs> and it's like the Zen Alistair Black, Black is the thing that helps him win. You know what I mean? I think Quacko, do you have something to say? Uh, well. <laughs> I would see as you came to me. I did highlight one good thing about the pre-show. I'll highlight one bad thing, mm-hmm. and it was a personality vacuum that is Sam Roberts, who proceeds to bury Finn Balor. That man should be put in the trash. Yeah. <sighs> Some of the guys were talking about merchandise. Uh, they had a superstore there, some Slam superstore, which uh, wasn't that big. But no Braywa, uh, sorry, no uh, Finn Balor merchandise on sale. No masks or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they happen to have like themed masks. How much were they going for? Thirty odd dollars. Because they're now going up on eBay for fifty dollars. Yeah, I think they were thirty dollars. Yeah, the Io Shirai mask was fifty dollars, wasn't it? Yeah, and then they had like the little, I think it's a buzzard that you had, and that was was like twenty five. I love that. I kind of stuck. I love WWE merch, but it's always over expensive. Well, it's just the point on the fiend. Apparently, one of the writers has said, "Don't expect Rollins to hold this title long. The fiend's coming from." So they're saying the Fiend is going to get the push before Survivor Series. I think that'll be a good feud. Um, That's what they are. One thing I didn't think would be a good feud, I'm nailing it with these segues today, is <laughs> uh, Natalia versus Becky Lynch. Now, I think this is the problem we're talking about earlier on with the women's division only building one star at once. So when it came to who Becky's uh, SummerSlam opponent was going to be, we'd already had our feuding with Lacey Evans for what felt like an eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we weren't sure when it was going to go next. I'm going to come to uh, a card-holding member of the Becky Lynch fan club first, Mr. Stephen Wilson. I think it's undeniable to say since Mania, Becky has cooled off considerably. Would you agree? Well, we would all cool off if we had the feud with Lacey Evans first. <laughs> or whatever that was. I mean, Lacey she, Evans has gone missing, hasn't she? Yeah, they, they, she tried to drag her, but it, just, it, it didn't help. It didn't help Becky. didn't help anybody. When they threw Seth in, in there, didn't help Seth either. Wait, yes. wait, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins are dating? Some, oh, something wrong should have mentioned this. And it was us that broke it, not Dave Meltzer. <laughs> we can start all day. But, no, you were right, David. Uh, Becky needed something new. We were shocked it was Natalia. Mm. But give the two of them credit for about three weeks, the two of them verbally knocked lumps out of each other. Yeah. And then they had a match, which was good. It was a good match, but... Like we've said, like Gary said with Kofi and Randy, probably placed wrong on the card because we had the hometown Canadian losing 
in the opening match and what does that do traditionally? Yeah. Kills the crowd. Well, it, it was one of those things though where you've got is I think it's forgivable because Becky is one of the most overstars in the company but the thing about Natalia, Ross, we always say this about her, she's a bit meh but I think every time she's been given an opportunity like this she has taken it. She has good promos but she can't deliver them if that makes sense. Yeah. She always seems as if she's overacting as if like She'd be the sort of person, like, if you give her a scene like, as an extra, it's like, oh, by the way, you're going to walk from one side of the office to the other to go to the printer. <laughs> and she would, like, research how to walk to the printer. <laughs> like, she just over, over research. You from experience. Yes. Ross is a great actor. So, she just over... Over again, that, again over, you mean yeah. everything she has looks or says but looks I, like it'd be good on paper. Yeah, but I think something that's happened to Natalia with the constant, you know, built up, built up, built up, like cut out for under. She is the Dolph Ziggler of the women's division. Yeah. You bite every so often, but and you and you know there's gotta be great matches, but you don't really in the back of your mind believe that she's leading that title. What, what Ross said made sense, because we saw that on Raw the next night where she was delivering a promo where she was talking about it being one year since her dad died yeah. and the crowd were hating it she was getting booed yeah. mercilessly and then they loved what happened next uh, but we'll get to that not as much as now. Michael Cole <laughs> 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 uh, Gary I'll actually I'm going to hit back a wee bit about Natty leaving with the title when you're not believing it I think the placement in this uh, the match in the car helped it because it was like <laughs> putting this on first surely the Canadian hometown hero is going to win with it uh, is going to leave with the belt did you like this uh, match in terms of a back and forth affair did it feel too predictable to you? Uh, I, th- I, I thought and still think it was placed wrongly in the card it's a risk to put the hometown hero in the opening match and not have them win luckily they didn't, the fans didn't shit all over it Um which you know could have easily gone that way it's a submissions match which means it's going to be more technical match that's sometimes not always the greatest one to start if you want to start with high energy you made it exciting though the spot I love the sharpshooter in the second row I've never seen a submissions count never seen a submissions count anywhere match what happened to rope breaks it wasn't even count anywhere it was just like when they tried someone tried to explain it in in commentary but I was like nah this is just a thing so they can have an excuse to use the second rope spot I think yeah. I think that's what it was they realised oh that would just lead to a rope break and so on before it but was like just make it Uncle, yeah. Uncle Brett's rope the second rope <laughs> but when, the, when Natalia won the Smackdown women's title what was most surprising about that was actually that she won it because we've been used to that story of her getting close mm-hmm. and then falling short at it um, I thought it was a dangerous ploy for WWE to do to start the match that way but they certainly delivered uh, from our vantage point when you're on the, the floor level and you've got a lot of mat based wrestling it's not always the easiest to see so we seem to yeah. look at quite a lot so, of this match on the screen didn't we yeah but it was more like because oh they're on the ground just look up at the screen and struggle to see what's happening <laughs> yeah, like what's, what's going on <laughs> I have to say though I enjoyed this match a lot more than I thought I would yeah, Alan I um, and I genuinely believe that this feud has reignited Becky Lynch's champion a bit and I think yeah. Natalia and Becky deserve credit uh, for the match that they managed to put on it was one of the best of uh, SummerSlam opens I can remember yeah, well. I actually think mm-hmm. it's one of the best matches in the car yeah, yeah. I thought it was really well done uh, I don't necessarily totally agree with everyone Ross is saying about obviously the close and no, not quite there I felt she since Natalia thrown into this Natalia swapped her game Yes, she's still very raw, no pun intended. <laughs> but 
you know, there's so much potential and then there is the rumour that she's going to be involved still with Becky and also you know who um, yeah. so I like that I thought she did very well because she didn't have much time to prepare for it I thought the match itself was actually very very good Yeah. but neither one of them have came out looking weaker mm-hmm. both of them have looked better and it's a bit to be honest I kind of knew she wasn't going to win yeah. because what happens to WWE when you go home you go on your back yeah definitely and Gary she had a dream she hadn't made it and never enough is stopping her coming out of Sasha Banks is back and that's the next feud do you think this is the best place for Becky to go? yeah I don't know if you heard it on the screen but on TV um, but during that match people were chanting we want Sasha mm-hmm. um, so uh, you know and Sasha's returned that I mean that was a vicious big beat down on Natalia poor Natalia wasn't it? yeah and then to cut for Becky to come out and then just be beaten up too yeah, cool. so yeah. Cool to this. home bombing country. Oh, one. yeah, Thank we you, should Sasha. say <laughs> she, she's not from Toronto, so we keep calling it her hometown. Well, that's home. that's, that's that Corey Graves yeah. said that in commentary. I thought it was a great line. He's like, you can't just claim an entire country as your home. I can't go to all the way to Boston when I come from yeah. Los Angeles. You gotta, you gotta give Corey Graves credit. Well, that man with his continuity, with his hate for Sasha, so oh, she yeah. walks about, does whatever she wants. It kind of annoyed me a wee bit. I think yeah. it was like it should have been about Sasha Banks returning. Corey Graves was like, remember how much I hate this woman, please, just remember I bet you next week he's going to be laughing Sasha, you just watch I like, because uh, he turned in Bliss during the pre-show he, used to, he usually loves Bliss and he was like this is ridiculous, she's dressed up as a cartoon character <laughs> that's a joke <laughs> that's something Jerry Lawler used to do all the time and it was great because he loved the Rock's promos and he loved the people's elbow but as soon as The Rock took on someone in the corporation Aye. or took on he was all of a sudden like that I mean The Rock should know his role The Rock should know his role Aye. It's, that's the sort of Corey Graves thing he loves Alexa Bliss and you can always tell who is, who is his friend Aye. but the character he always snaps back in there I love, I love Corey Graves I think he's really but he actually mentioned him and Carmella going out this week and he's like oh, she said oh your bird's looking great Graves or something like that <laughs> when she showed up at the, the foreign rounds table Jim um, uh, Renee wanted to go like that to him how do you like it yeah. how do you like it your relationship <laughs> you're, are you seven a week oh, <laughs> that foreign rounds table bit oh, that was, oh. but we never uh, got to hear the Mung Ai story at SummerSlam so that detracted a whole that, lot of grade from the paper that is my favourite thing from every paper it's Mung Ai <laughs> <laughs> the continuity of the Mung <laughs> Me and Mung Ai, we went for pretzels last night after riding <laughs> up the town. Uh, from one uh, hometown hero who lost to a hometown hero who got potentially the biggest win of his career since he beat John Cena upon debuting in WWE. It was KO uh, versus Shane. Guys, Kwaku, how over is Kevin Owens now? Is he the hottest property in WWE at the minute? Our truth is, but besides our truth, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, yeah, besides our truth, KO, he's just on another level. Like the guy, I mean, his promos are just amazing, and it's just the way he gets so angry, wrapped up, red in the face, and he still delivers it work perfectly. Like, it's the way it's like. Alan, see with a, a baby face, right? Sometimes you can tell, like, Seth Rollins, part of the reason he got booed, because he's starting to realise maybe he's not such a great guy in real life. Yeah. See with Kevin Owens, see, because he is so relatable and likeable, we just want to get behind him. He's just funny, and he's, it's a good comedy. It's not WWE comedy. Yeah, it's something I, f- I found very odd at first when he came back, and he was with a new day, and he was a face, because also that one, everybody seen him as a heel, <laughs> and he was, I just thought he was a natural heel, and I thought, He's not up on baby face, it's just not up. Mm-hmm. And then you end up realising, for me, 
he's he's he what was here but he's baby faces just so far ahead. He is he's kind of Bray Wyatt he just knows how to reinvent himself how he changed and he knows what to do at the right time and oh he is guys, a bit professional he is he is and you know for a lot of the guys that are coming up he if I was a coming up guy you know from NXT or whatever mm-hmm. he's the guy I'd go to right now and go teach me yeah how did you transfer uh, over yeah teach me I'll blend up and you tell me just tell me what you do uh, he'd yeah. be the guy I'd go to. would you agree with that Ross did you agree with that sentiment yeah 100% because he's so natural off the cuff that's why it's working it's not WWE booking him like you know when you see when he came back and he was the family guy and he was like you know I don't want to step on Kofi's toes but you know I've got a family to feed and that I'm just a normal guy like you it's like that doesn't work I mean, yeah. you're just a normal family like guy with two kids and luckily there is a family guy you know <laughs> but um, this, this new anti-authoritative you know hitting the stunner on a McMahon we've seen that before somewhere and the fact that you know as much as people hate the fact that Shane's always on TV the good thing about working with Shane is Shane likes to go over his promos with people and the fact that it's the boss's son so if Kevin Owens has a great idea and runs it by Shane it's like Shane that. will go let's do that Shane's up for just about anything well that's one thing I like right. to lead into because like you said lucky there's a family guy but lucky there's a man who positively can get booed <laughs> anywhere he goes Stephen he's, he's Shane McMahon for what you say about him He's a fantastic natural heel. Yeah, he's got nuclear heat at the moment. Some maybe say he's got bad TZ X-Pac heat. Uh, but it kind of played into for Kevin Owens at this point in time. Kevin Owens is a great example of somebody who, as good as he was as a heel, he's been throwing some absolute garbage on the main roster. Mm. When he was US champion, he got drafted to SmackDown and he had to wear the suit. Uh, the new oh, face oh, of America. The oh, new face of America from a Canadian, come on. Yeah. But... The faith they've got in him to, when, when he's had this turn to say he's got a, a bit of free reign with his promos, yeah. go out and say what you want, and he has done not to go too extreme, but he's done the job. And we saw him in the ring there on Sunday. What is what is good is he's still got that element of his heel character as we saw with the finish. Yeah. He went with the chair, threw the chair away, low blow, great. And, well, that's one of the things I like to talk about, the construction of this match, Gary. It actually, for me, it felt like an attitude era match. Like, it wasn't a traditional Matt classic. But you had all the bells and whistles there. Elias getting announced as the special guest enforcer from the off. What do you yeah. think of the belt and bell action itself? There's... Uh, I really enjoyed this match and there was a period of time before Kevin Owens' injury. This is actually... Kevin Owens probably one of the examples of when an injury can help somebody he was overexposed had some time off has come back and has reinvented himself at the start of the match you know the best in the world bit goes out from Greg Hamilton the arena was burned <laughs> Lucy, Lucy was burning her head off with this one um, and then you get Elias being brought down as the special guest referee I was waiting for the guest timekeeper Shane's played that card quite a bit so it wasn't really that sort just, of unexpected it was just like when Drew coming in yeah we were like well Drew's going to be at some point well, apparently Drew was kept away from this uh, to and make him so he didn't seem weak uh, being on the losing side again, I which I thought was smart the, uh, the, there was the false finish in the match when was it KO did the two splashes off the top rope but the splash and then the, the frog splash and Elias pulls him out of the ring yeah. but then when KO got the upper hand when he whipped him like a government meal with that <laughs> chair 
And I think then, Shane's punishment for that was a bit unnecessary. What, and he fined him and smacked him? 100 yeah. grand. That was the follow up. Why, why, why is Shane still there? This should be the point where Shane get killed. Yes. I would argue yes, that. Because yes. he got. They finished the match, I thought it was great. He got Lobo'd and Stunner, but I want to see Shane. Fr- I want to see him thrown off something really high into it something. Make, it make, it makes, so. yeah. <laughs> That's what it makes you think. It makes you think that the feud's going to continue in some way. Yeah, but. It's SummerSlam, it's the biggest party of the summer, it's the big event in the middle. This was the chance to get Shane off a of TV and propel Kevin Owens to the King of the Ring. Oh, yeah, Clappy, do you have a hot take I, on this? I've got a prediction, and this is going to show me as the esteemed true wrestling journalist of Eat Sleep Sir Place retweet. That's fair enough. Shane McMahon is going to be King of the Ring. No! So, don't even put that so, idea in my head, man! So that he is not the best in the world. But the king oh, of the world. See it, see it. Thank you. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take that Corbin prediction over that. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've been on air, on air, and I've said some things about Bailey, and I've never had a look as bad as that from Lucy just there for that. I just think that, like, I'm not going to lie to you, right? It would be genius. But I don't want Thank to you. see it see, because it would be so frustrating. See, Quacky, we've had a good time. We did a nice question before the show. We've yeah, had the floor, we've, all, we've all exchanged stories, and you had to do that. That, was, that broke me worse There's than always. That one guy ruins it. Normally it's Ross, but no. But the reason we're all like that, though, is because we could see it coming. Thank like, you. We could, uh, we, as soon as you see it, don't I'm like, me. you're going to do that. <laughs> like, please don't do that. Don't mention it. Guys, just as Even if it's going to happen, just wait till I. Yeah, actually yes. happens. Okay. Yeah. Right, can I, my prediction? Yeah. Kevin Owens gets to the final of the King of the Ring, Shane screws him, hell in a cell, and instead of jumping off the cell this time, Shane is thrown. Yeah. He is thrown and out of the cell. Yeah, yeah. I want a pop-up and powerbomb through the cell, mate. Yeah, that's what I want. On to a chainsaw. On to Linda McMahon. Linda McMahon in the chair with the chainsaw going out. It just gets to the end of the match and you just hear this music hit and it's like the rest of old WrestleMania where it's like do 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 and it's Todd Grisham going it's it's Linda I have a fear that this feud's going to go a wee bit like the Miz feud went so there was a moment where Shane should have put over Miz Mm -hmm. and Miz would have been off and running now Miz is back in the mid card and I'm that Ending this feud at that moment at mean uh, SummerSlam would have been perfect thing for KO to transition on to something new. If they're going to drag this out, I just fear it's going to run out of steam mm-hmm. and we'll have a repeat of that. Well, not necessarily. No, if they make it like Austin McMahon through the whole attitude era, like because that wasn't just a couple of months and that lasted years. Although Austin wouldn't necessarily have his match interfered by the McMahons or the corporation or whatever, but it was continuous and he would appear randomly and just spun up McMahon for the sake of it. See if they kept right? that idea going and they kept it, like, change that spider, pot and crap, KO jumps out the crowd, stunners them one I can't away. wait to rest that me at 40 work. and we get the My Way promo between uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, see when you watch the actual era back, and it is that Austin thing. It was good at the time for what it was, but it gets stale quick. 
Mm. You know, it's Undertaker Kane, and it's Undertaker Austin, and it's Kane Austin, and it's Mankind's in there for some reason. Yeah, yeah, but he's a couple of people. Uh, Billy Gunn wins the King of the Ring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Men does absolutely nothing. Uh, well, before we move on, to the main, down by the system. <laughs> before we move on to the main event, Quacky, I'm going to come to you personally in this one. Just to sum up, what did you think of the 24 seven shenanigans at SummerSlam? Oh my God! Yeah, the foreign announcement was hilarious <laughs> to go back to. Did she call herself Shania Twain? Is that what Carmela announced herself as? I'm Shania Twain. I don't even know. Like, but something that I, 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 I just had to look back. And do you know that something is though? Like, I had I watched SummerSlam. I'm going to do it. I watched SummerSlam three times. But then during that bit, I just had to listen to the commentary in each of those languages <laughs> because even though I didn't understand what the hell they were saying, I just had to hear them say, "What's this guy?" I love the Hindi guy in the left. He yeah. looks so cool. I want to listen to him in English. Mm-hmm. Like I want him to come and do it all the time. He just like looks like he knows how ridiculous it is, and he's being sort of smarky about it. Like oh, WrestleMania, hi, I love it. It's the best thing in the planet. Anyway, I'm going to move on to the main event before I fanboy out in the the, the foreign <laughs> team too much oh Mung Ai get an interview on the show with Mung Ai that'd be phenomenal I'd love that now the Japanese team is Carmel (laughs) I'm going to come to Gary Carmel first for this one Rollins versus Lesnar I have to say this right were you excited in the slightest when you knew this was going to be the universal title match for SummerSlam no yeah, no, I agree. But I feel entirely, entirely different about it now. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what it is when, when the bell rang. You know, after Heyman, is there a best, better hype man in the business or in the world than Heyman? Yeah. And when he gets in there, Simon Cassidy's pretty good. And uh, oh, I just thought no, Heyman. <laughs> Heyman kicks it off. Quacker, you can learn a few things. <laughs> um, when he uh, k- kicks this off, it felt like that. It felt like a main event. <laughs> yeah, and I have to let Ross. You, you're a film fan. You like films. Uh, Rocky went to Russia. You know, he got booed at first. They won them over. Was this the same with Seth Rollins here? It was his performance. It was his heart. It was his guts. I think he won the crowd around. That um, Lucy, could you cover your ears here? He's a bit of a knobhead <laughs> in real life, and we, we've recently seen that. And you know, there's being proud of where you work and proud of your company, and then there's I make more than you. <laughs> That's basically what Seth Rollins has been on Twitter the past couple of months. I'm dating Becky Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Anyway, do uh, your Seth laugh impression. <laughs> It's a face for podcasting. <laughs> Says the boiled egg in the corner. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I much like Gary was not. <laughs> I much like Gary was not at all excited about this match at all because we did away with the no rematch thing. And we had a top 10 contender battle royal and there was so many options there. You're like, is Braun going to get pushed again? Oh my God, Cesaro's in it. Rey Mysterio against Brock Lesnar would be hilarious. <laughs> I'd have loved that. Because um, Brock usually does better against smaller competitors. And clearly you want to see Rey Mysterio die on pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> a fitting tribute to the man. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and then it just it got down to, oh my God, it's going to be Randy Orton again because they had a really good match at SummerSlam Twitch. Like, and it was just like, not significant. Yeah, it was just it was it was a long way for a shortcut. Why don't you just go look? Seth's got a rematch. And I want to say, Stephen, there's no one more jealous of Seth Rollins than you, obviously. Um, but what did you make of the match? You said when do you when were you personally went over? See, I'll say this: I'm a massive Seth Rollins fan, 
Uh, regardless of some of the stuff he said, he's maybe took the fact he's defending the company. There's nothing wrong with the world champ defending the company. I think they should all do it, as opposed to this. When the young bucks take the mick out of WWE, they should defend themselves. Yeah. But I've said, I've said this, I made a lot of stick from people online. Well, I'll be against the call. They just get... block you. Exactly. Uh, I think Seth Rollins is the best wrestler in the world. I think he's better than Kenny Omega. I think he's better than Okada. Oh. And he went out there at the SummerSlam and he proved that he is the best. He put on an absolute classic yeah. with Brock Lesnar. I actually was right into this match purely because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan. And I was hoping that they would have done something better than what we've seen from Brock. And... I was impressed. Ross actually brought up quite well in the days coming up. To, probably actually, I think it was on the day. When has Brock Lesnar had a bad SummerSlam match? And I want to yeah. pose this question directly to Alan McLucas. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, you've been quite vocal in your criticism of him, Alan. And I That's get it. Quite. I get it, Alan, I get it. All right. But I want to ask you this question. Do Brock Lesnar's recent performances against the best WWE has to offer show that when he wants to go, he can be one of the best performers on the planet? I hate to admit this. I feel so dirty. He had a really good summer slam. Yes! 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 He did not fight the best in the world. He didn't fight AJ Styles. I will fight you to the death on that one. We have we we yeah. talked in the last hour of how AJ Styles has been rotten for a year. That's <laughs> not feel he's been held back, not yeah. because yeah, that, that's the thing. Anyway, that's that's part of that. But what it showed is Lesnar can actually wrestle when he actually feels like it. He's actually still got it. Um, the match and everything, but the best thing about the whole match, I loved about it. Rollins won without a weapon. Mm-hmm. He won clean. Nobody can say it was a steel chair or it was a low blow. He won clean. I mean, it was like, a really good finish. Yeah. Well, he did put him through the commentary yeah. table. But let's be honest, Lesnar went to go and do it first. And is it really a weapon? You see, my. No, no, we Alan brings up a fair point the fact that at WrestleMania, it took the low blow yeah. and, the, and the, the curb stomps. If you look at Lesnar since he returned, a lot of his wins have not really came fully clean. But the fact that Rollins beat him by countering the F5 hmm. and then hitting a curb stomp and beating him 1 2 3 absolutely clean as a whistle. And it was a good thing because it wasn't as if Lesnar had beat Rollins clean either. Lesnar cashed in the money in the bank briefcase yeah. that he won through controversial means, we shall say. The yeah, game of yeah. Gary, what do you think? There's a couple of, of interesting things about this match, and the guys are right about Lesnar. He, when he has a competitive match, you can believe uh, that he's in real jeopardy at times. Um, so that was the case with this I one. Seven's underrated. Yeah, I think so. I really think so. Um, there's a couple of really good false finishes in this match. There's a point where Seth was running, looked like he was going to do a curb stomp, and he got put up in the left five. You think, oh, that's it. No, and a couple of other spots that I really liked when he was getting uh, thrown around by the bandages they had oh, around these. So that was amazing, and the frog splash off the top rope through oh. the nibs table. That's got to hurt. Yeah. I generally thought he botched it halfway through. I thought because he didn't see the length. I went, it looked like it looked like he under. I'm like, oh, under what you're going to crack your face here off yeah. the edge, and somehow he managed to just stretch out enough mm-hmm. that he hit him. Perfectly. Imagine doing that with Brock Lesnar. Anything like you mess up. I can't remember seeing these words. Brock Lesnar. So, I say perfect. Hang on. Let me go back. He wasn't perfect. He was still slightly short. But Lesnar, who is the laziest wrestler on the planet, clocked halfway through and thought, I need to turn. 
and turned and it landed on the button. Mm-hmm. And that sold it even better and props to Leather because he actually did something for a change and he's earning his money. And that's what that was the, the best popper for me the whole night. Yeah. Well, well I like to come here um, because we can kind of see where our Seth Rollins is going. It looks like he's having a face versus face feud against Braun Strowman. Is this the end of Brock Lesnar and WWE? And if not, where does Brock Lesnar go now? He's not coming back for a while, I don't think. I think he will be in the Royal Rumble, the actual Royal Rumble match, because um, the tweet, I don't know if you've seen it, from Heyman, we are absolutely appalled at this no uh, rematch rule that recently came into effect in WWE. We will be appealing this, until which time my client will not be on TV. He'll be in the Royal Rumble match, he won't win it, but whoever eliminates him, he's going back in to beat the holy hell out of them mm-hmm. and that'll be his wrestling match that'll be Matt Riddle do we think it who predictions who's Lesnar not got a clue match? yet but to be honest as much as the match was great I'm not exactly excited to see Seth Rollins as Drew McIntyre maybe Alan well I personally if he's going to put him over imagine Lesnar versus The Fiend because mm-hmm. oh. if Lesnar's going to put The Fiend over The Fiend eliminates or that you have the match in Mania Strowman Strowman's been mm. done. done. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of the ones that's been done, Reigns has been done, Strowman's been done. Yeah. Alistair Black, maybe? I, I don't think Alistair Black. There's, talk, there's, there's, a, there's a rumour that Brock Lesnar might be going to Fox for, Smack, for the SmackDown debut. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it needs to be someone who's legitimate. With Brock Lesnar, it can't be. I don't think the character versus Brock Lesnar works. It has to be like a legitimate man against Brock Lesnar. So a guy who comes and he looks like he's a legitimate fighter like Alistair Black. I think he's a better shout for me than The Fiend is because I just don't like Lesnar when you put him in the sort of soap opera wrestling play position. I like yeah. him more in this. That's going to be a, a, a legitimate fight. But he did say about the, the sorry no. the money in the bank thing. He went to the soap opera on that and he was brilliant. That's that. very true. The thing though about Lesnar and I, I say I'm not excited to see Seth Rollins as champion. This win could have done Seth so much good at Wrestlemania when we were all behind him and wanted the title off Brock because you can make an argument other than Goldberg this is the only clean victory anyone has over him because Triple H used Shawn Michaels in the styles <laughs> Roman Reigns you know Brock was distracted by Braun and then Roman hits the spear other than Goldberg no one even Undertaker even had to use cheat tactics yeah it just it feels like a waste of a, a win as much as the match was great, I just think there was no way that in the aftermath, when you actually sit down and think about it, the finish would have helped anyone. I think Lesnar did a good job, Rollins did a good job, but now WWE need to focus on resetting Rollins' title yes. reign. Yes. He's got some goodwill back, and I don't think it's an impossible task. Yeah, just to say, I think next for him, uh, next for Lesnar will be SmackDown and Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. I think he'll stay off until the big debut on Fox, and he'll come and take that title. I think it, and it'll change things up for him. I think that's a good time to turn New Day. He will just have them actively interfering on Kofi's behalf. Quacko, did you have something uh, to say? Yes, I'll throw in another name: the future king of the world, Shane McMahon. Oh, oh no. As long as Lesnar absolutely obliterates him, and that's the one time I'll say that about Lesnar. I want him to lose every other one. Shane suplexes, please. I'd like the fact to see if Shane, like now, back in 2000 when Triple H and Stephanie were running the company, uh, uh, what's his face? Vince came back and went, This is my company and I run it. Have Shane getting a bit too big for his britches, and Vince goes like that. Why do I have to have, man? 
I'll be great. Well, listen, guys, I think we've dissected the SummerSlam card very well today. I would like to thank my esteemed panel. I'd like to thank Gary Kernahan. Thank you. I'd like to thank Lucy Kernahan. I'd like to thank Ross McLeod. Thank you. I want to. Th- I want to thank Alan McLucas. <laughs> I'd like to thank Quagwaji and of course uh, the ESSR champion Stephen Wilson. Well done, Stephen. Listen, guys, next week um, we have Alan McLucas in the hosting chair. He will be constructing, building with his own hands the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. Make sure you tune in for that very, very special, important show. We got up bed nervous. Yeah, get the memo. Check out our back catalogue. your car? Aye, or make it closer, come to my gaff, down the bill to the cab seat. <laughs> Check out our back catalogue, take out the NXT uh, preview show, check out Chris Jericho's show, check out the More Than Hype interview this week, and guys, we will see you next week. Have a great night, see you later on. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now sports social podcast network